0: Welcome to Exploring Possibilities. I'm your hostess, Cheryl Sitz. It's my intention in this show that we demystify holistic wellness and raise our consciousness together one practitioner at a time. You're going to meet some of the amazing people that I've encountered on my journey, and you'll notice that their stories are a lot like ours. There are so many ways that we can heal ourselves and our planet, so enjoy learning about all the possibilities, and then you can reach out to anyone that you feel resonates for you. I'd love it if you'd reach out to me as well, and you can do that on my website, where you'll also find all the other episodes of this podcast, www.journeyofpossibilities.com. Also, you can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and never miss a show. If you do that, also do me a favor, please, and rate us, because we want other people, listeners, and guests to find our podcast. So please rate us, and thanks for doing that. We'll introduce today's guest right after this from our sponsors.
1: Hi, this is Mario with Tech Life Balance, and I've been in the IT field for about 20 years. I have a big range of experience. I've worked with PCs, I've worked with servers, I've done online marketing strategies, I do websites, I even build online communities and help produce the podcast that you're listening to right now. I've actually been involved in IT so much that I got lost in all the technology, and technology was taking over me. And I'm not saying to unplug or anything like that. What I'm saying is find a balance. I know I did. It took a traumatic event for me to learn that capability. And it it was a challenge. And there are obstacles and there's things you run into that sometimes you don't realize you're even doing. So I designed a program to help you do that by looking at all your technologies and just helping you embrace it in a way that it's smoothed into your life. And I like to say that we log in, log out, and break free so we can have life. Contact us at techlifebalance.net and let us know what we can help you with. Enjoy the podcast.
0: Ladies, when I'm not doing this podcast, what I really enjoy doing is working in private sessions with you. I love helping awakening women, and that awakening can be galactic, spiritual. We're all in it together. And I love helping you if you feel like you're getting stuck or something's holding you back and you're not real clear what that is. I'm kind of a portal for possibilities too, so together we can explore what's possible for you and how to get there from here. We can work remotely by phone or Skype with our spirit guides and angels using things like divination cards, dousing and channeling. Together we'll get clarity and insight on exactly what's holding you back and how you can move forward now. Live, we can also incorporate Reiki. I love doing Reiki because it opens blocked pathways for physical release and healing. It's all about helping you live a joyful, awakened, authentic life naturally. Contact me anytime at journeyofpossibilities.com. It's really exciting to watch this show grow, and we've now got thousands of listeners from the Texas Gulf Coast and around the world. It's a perfect opportunity for you to be a sponsor. Your advertisement will be heard every time the podcast is played, and it'll be a permanent part of the episode. Why not be a sponsor? Contact us at www.journeyofpossibilities.com. Today's guest on Exploring Possibilities is Dr. Kevin Ross Emery, who is a synergetic catalyst, innovator, author, teacher, and an international speaker throughout Europe and the U.S. He's worked with Fortune 500 companies, written several books, and now he operates the Dr. Kevin Radio Network, where you'll find his successful show and several others, Dr. Kevin shies away from nothing, inspiring everyone he meets and bringing people in sync with who they are here to be authentically. I love that part. His slogan is challenge everything. That's right. It's going to be an interesting show today. Dr. Kevin and I were introduced by the delightful Bonnie Carpe, who we mutually love, and I'm delighted to have him joining us today. Welcome, Dr. Kevin.
2: Hello, 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 and greetings from England. How are you?
0: I am good. How's the weather over there?
2: Well, you know, um, I came over for the summer. I'm just right now teaching here for the summer, um, and I'm still waiting for summer to happen. Um, <laughs> I think I, I think I did record a day that hit 54 minutes of sunlight, um, so I'm quite excited. It's oh, headed in the yeah. right direction.
0: <laughs> it's so different over there, and you know, we're having a drought here right now that's pretty bad in the Greater Houston area.
2: Well, you were having floods before.
0: I know. It's crazy. The weather's been really in an interesting pattern. So, But that's probably its own show. I'm really excited to have you here. I enjoy your radio show. And what I wanted to bring to this audience is that you have some pretty special gifts that, if I'm not mistaken, you learned about at a young age. Can you kind of tell us how you came to your personal awakening?
2: Yes. Yes. It's a sweet story. Good. Um and uh, I was four. I was four years old. My uh, grandmother, my father's mother, was babysitting for me, and I still clearly, to this day, can close my eyes and see the kitchen that her, her kitchen. I was visiting her in, and I asked her if we could play a game, and she said, "Sure." So I uh, sang or I danced around, danced around the kitchen, and I told her what she looked like when she was my age. I told her the name of her best friend. I told her how she wore her hair. And then I sang her the song they used to sing when they played together. And my grandmother sat me down and she told me that I had a gift and (laughs) it was a gift from God and that people would tell me that I was bad or that I was wrong or that they wouldn't believe me. But as long as I knew it was a gift from God, everything would be okay. And then to make sure that she really hit home that this, how special this was, she gave me not one but two hot homemade chocolate donuts and my own plate of sugar.
0: Wow. (laughs) What a special grandmother to bless your gift at the very beginning like that.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, and like I said, it was a sweet story. I've remembered those donuts fondly uh, to this day. I carry one on my left hip and one on my right. (laughs) And and I never lost my taste for sugar. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So when did you realize that everybody else didn't have this gift?
2: Well, you know, those are very big words. I mean, I was four, probably almost five. I mean, I think it was probably I was probably five or six weeks shy of my fifth birthday, but I, I was four. Um, I don't, I don't, well, I don't think I ever learned that everybody doesn't have this gift because everybody does have this gift. They just don't all have it as obviously as I do. Right. So that's kind of like, I, I couldn't sit down at four or five and play the piano and do, um, you know, and write concertos like Mozart. Um, but my, I, had my, I had my own instrument, my psychic, that I could play at a very young age. What it struck me as was it was always about people's lack of comfortability with it. I definitely had some very strong familial influences that simply just did not want to talk about it.
0: So how did you use that gift moving forward in your life? How did it benefit you?
2: Well, you know, I think that there's a couple of different things. The first thing was, I mean, I mean, my, my childhood stayed littered. I mean, my grandmother passed when I was eight, and she came to the edge of my bed the night that she passed and told me that I still needed her and she would still be there for me. Um, and so when my mother came in the next day and was crying because my grandmother had died, I remember sitting up in bed and, and um, saying, what's for breakfast? And my mother just kind of shaking her head and leaving the room. And I know that she was thinking, he doesn't get it, he doesn't understand death. And I remember thinking, "Mummy doesn't get it, Grammy hasn't gone anywhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, I mean, there's a lot of things. The house I grew up in was haunted. And and I didn't have an imaginary playmate, I had a ghost. Um <laughs> Who I did go on to prove, actually, because I got the name and ended up understanding the circumstances of her death and why she was trapped. I ended up proving that she actually did live in that house and had happened what I said happened. So, I mean, I think my gifts have always been entwined with who I am. I started doing professional psychic work when I was 16, 17. Um, I was doing ghost clearings by 18, 19. I was doing medical intuitive uh, but at the same time, because of a very strong um, kind of uh, maternal influence, I needed to get a real job, be a real person, be normal, because it was all about normal. And psychic abilities weren't normal. Right. Now, the shame is that psychic abilities are very normal. Um But, you know, we have ended up in a culture over the last hundred years, which I refer to as being homogenized and pasteurized. Yeah. We homogenize and pasteurize our kids. We do it to ourselves. We're constantly apologizing. And I think I shared this with you in a phone call that we had, that my definition for empowerment is the power to be uniquely who you are without apology.
0: That's so powerful.
2: Every time we step over the line, every time we color outside the line, every time we expand or extend, um, we're punished for it. We're punished. We're pushed back. We're called names. We're, uh, you know, isolated. We're made to feel like there's something wrong with us. And what's wrong is that we deny our own basic Human essence to discover, explore, grow, and expand. And what we've done is we've put people in charge that has decided what acceptable expansion is. And guess what has happened? Now we look at a world, especially in the Western world, where uh, expansion is all about weight, wealth, and bad health.
0: Right on. And as I was listening to you talk, I was looking at the dance that I and so many of my peers have done where it's kind of what age you're at determines where you're at in that process. But it's, it's a craving and a longing to blend in and a judgment for not blending in and then a feeding of the American dream and then a craving and a longing to fit into that and then at some point at least I'm 50 so for me at some point it was like wait a minute the American dream isn't my dream none of this is bringing me joy what's the real truth going on here and who the heck am I and that in itself starts to disintegrate all of that other programming that you're talking about, at least for me. And I'm seeing it around me and bring forth just what you refer to as the authentic self. And we spent so many years covering it up.
2: Now, what is wrong with you that you're not going after the American nightmare? <laughs> what is your problem?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: You're, you're supposed to be cubized and robotized, robotized, and you're supposed to end up in some kind of golden handcuff that you spend too much money on retail, too much money on pharmaceuticals, where you get addicted to all of these things that are bad for you. So you have to buy things to fix them. You, what, what's wrong with you? Why do not <laughs> let your self worth and self esteem be destroyed? I mean, what are you? Are you un American? Well,
0: in, in, to, just to put good where it is. They did get a bit in there. You know, my self-esteem is recovering now and trying to come back into its fullness from being beaten up for years with that. I love what you called it, the golden handcuffs. Yes, that's exactly where I was heading. And I was so proud of it. I looked around and went, wow, look at me. I'm accomplishing everything they said I should. And then it all started to crumble because it's built on nothing and as it crumbled, that began my awakening to wait a minute. What the heck am I doing? And looking around and asking what the heck everybody else is doing. And now I'm one of those criers that, as you say, questions everything, challenges everything. And that's when you really start to live, right?
2: Well, absolutely. I mean, and you know, and I tell people all the time that in my in in my reality that it is far worse to be alive and not living than to simply just be dead. Just get over with it and move on. You can come back and try it again. (laughs) Because to waste the time to walk around in a body, to be what everybody else wants you to be, to apologize for the very essence and uniqueness of who you are, is ludicrous. And there's just no excuse for it. And I know it's because we're conditioned and we're bullied and we're beaten and we're pushed. And all of those things are to make us strong enough to push back and basically say... Well, hmm. lovely lips, purse them up, pick a body part and kiss something on the way out the door.
0: (laughs) I love your attitude. I just love it. Speaking of authenticity, I mean, if I had to pick a word for you, I think that would be the first and foremost, authentic. It's refreshing.
2: Well, you know, and it's a funny thing because one, and you and I had talked about it just before we we started recording, um, and I... uh, I do I do want to put out that DKRN.FM was actually acquired. My radio station was acquired and is now part of Ohm Times Radio. Um, and I want to put that out because that's where they'll find the Dr. Kevin show. Um, and you're going to be on my show.
0: Yes, right? I am. September 17th.
2: Yes. Uh, and so, which I moved because I moved my ticket from England. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, <laughs> So anyways, but uh, yeah, my uh, after 18 months of being out there, my station was doing so well that it got acquired by a larger station who I felt would keep the mission going.
0: Congratulations.
2: And so I just wanted to put that out there. But the other thing is, is not there's some difficulty out there. And do you, do you mind I've kind of hijacked this a little bit? No, go ahead. Great. Because I was going to do it anyways. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so anyways. But, you know, part of the problem is we don't delineate between labels and identifiers. And labels are for clothes, not for people. And, you know, when we label people, we automatically highlight and focus on part of them, normally negative part of them, but not always, and ignore the rest of them. And when we identify something about somebody, to identify something is to say this is part of a whole. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. So can you give us an example?
2: Well, well you know, one of the, part of the work I do with is ADD and ADHD. I have several books out on it. I've spoken all over the world on it. And I look at it as part of the evolutionary process, broadening the bandwidth of humanity. Not a disease, not a disability, not a disorder. And I'm very against the fact that we have made our children, and now adults as well, cash cows and laboratory rats. Yes. Now, now, when I say ADD, if I look at somebody and I call, and I call all the ADD people my kids, I right? always say they're my kids, partially because they'll always be childlike. They'll always be a part of them that will be childlike. So when I identify it, what I'm identifying is somebody who's highly intelligent, very creative, think outside the box, thinks differently and interacts with the world differently and have diff- abilities, not disabilities. But it's not all they are. There's not a one-size-fits-all answer. And it's like saying they got blonde hair, they got blue eyes. And I used to say this about psychic. It's like, you know, growing up, You know, I mean, especially as I got older, people made a big deal when I'd say something about being psychic. Now, sometimes it was, I'm going to burn you at the stake. (laughs) And sometimes it's, can I take you out for a steak dinner so I can pick your brain without having to pay for a session? I would say to people, you know, to me, it's like I've got blonde hair and blue eyes, and I've done this and I've done that, and I'm and I'm a psych- and I'm psychic and I'm this, and it's just part. And so when I say ADD or ADHD, it's part of that person, and it identifies certain things that I know that are very likely to be true to some varying degree, but it doesn't limit to them, them to those things. Did that clarify?
0: Absolutely, and I'm and I'm glad that you brought that into the conversation because. From an awakening perspective, from more of a metaphysical perspective, I've listened to some interesting conversations about how ADD, ADHD, and then continuing along a spectrum of "quote unquote" outside the boxness. Then you can go into autism, schizophrenia, whatever. That these people have actually heightened abilities that um, go beyond what most of us are developing. And I'm kind of on the borderline of that ADD, ADHD thing too. And and you can be when you're on the borderline like that, you can be culturalized into the mainstream, but you still don't quite fit in. And then there are some that really mainstream education and this linear thinking just doesn't work for them. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Can you share with us a little more about that?
2: Uh, absolutely. And I am going to get back to label and identifiers in a minute, but, um, but let me share, as you've requested, about the ADD and the ADHD. So first of all, education is to encourage mediocrity now in the Western world. It's training you to fit in to be a cog in a wheel. It does not teach you critical thinking skills. It does not encourage you to speak out. It does not empower you. It thrives by finding little boxes and labels it can put you in and then put you on the right conveyor belt and then have your whole life planned out for you based on the people who are in charge of the world and what the needs of the world are at that time. And so you're always going to have a conveyor belt to take people and push them into the military because we need people who will die. So other people can make lots of money. Um, We will always need people that will have destroyed self worth, self esteem. So they'll take care of everything else and feel like they deserve to be treated like crap. So people can make lots of money off of them. We're always going to have certain conveyor belts. The conveyor belt that says, I'm going to challenge you, I'm a rebel, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to show you a better way to do it, a more efficient way to do it, and I'm going to question all of the BS that you have out in the world, That's that's, that's the conveyor belt that has, waiting along the side of it, people with all sorts of pills they want to give you and all sorts of things they want to stamp on your head. Yes. And so in looking at that, Um, and looking about that idea of how the ADD and the ADHD person fits is basically any highly creative, highly intelligent person does not fit into public education. (laughs) Um, It is basically set for mediocrity. And, you know, they used to, I saw this posting on my um, feed, my Facebook feed, and I will say that if anybody wants to follow me on any social media or my website, it's my Dr. Kevin, M-Y-D-R-K-E-V-I-N. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, websites, whatever. I make it very easy. Just remember M-Y-D-R-K-E-V-I-N and you'll find me. Um, but I just saw one that said, you know, 20 years ago we were, tur- we were teaching Latin and Greek in high school and now we're teaching remedial reading. Yeah. Remedial reading. Wow. And we've really dumbed down because they don't want smart people, because smart people challenge. And what we've done is we have licensed through the corruption within our own government, and most of the Western world falls into this category, but not all of it. There are some shining s- examples of countries that don't follow this line, but you know, the, the, the lobbyist that writes the biggest checks gets the best laws passed for them. And what we've done is we've created chemical lobotomies for our children to make sure that they don't challenge the absurdities. We want them apathetic. We want them apathetic. We want them drugged up. We want them dumbed down. We want them to just kind of nod their head and say, okay.
0: You speak very boldly about some topics that most people whisper about. And, and that leads me to a very honest question. Don't, don't you worry about your safety, talking as freely as you do, outcrying about things that we need to pay attention to that many people don't want us to pay attention to?
2: Um, I have been told for, I can't even tell you how many years, I've been asked that question and I've been told that sooner or later somebody will kill me. And I go, well, I will have died with a purpose, won't I?
0: I needed to hear that. (laughs) I needed to hear that for myself because I feel, as I'm on this path, guided to open my mouth about more and more things that everybody goes, you know, you're liable to get shot if you talk about that. And and I guess I need to be talking about that anyway because I feel guided to.
2: Well, you know, the funny thing is, if it's really my time to go, I'm going to go. I'm going to be gone. I won't be here. And it's okay. My vision and my my vision for the earth, as long as I am walking on it in this body, is I want to bring as much heaven to earth as possible. I am one of those people that believes you can lead a heavenly life that has some hellish days, or you can live a hellish life that has some heavenly days. You get to choose. To me, heaven on earth is when we have seven point. I think it's eight billion people who all run around and be one hundred percent uniquely who they are when that happens we will have no more wars there'll be no more greed there'll be no more rapes there'll be no more child you know child sex slavery there'll be no more drug addicts when everybody is a hundred percent uniquely who they are and everybody accepts everybody else's right to be a hundred percent uniquely who they are because i do not believe that in our true soul essence of being a hundred percent of who we are that we um are inherently bad, evil, or wrong people. Um, Looked at that God, didn't impress me, decided not to pray at that altar. Uh, At some point, if you send me an email, I'll send you a link to an hour-long video, uh, an hour-long interview that was done with me, where at the end of it, the guy said, you will never live to be old, basically, with all the stuff you're talking about. Somebody's going to get you. So, go ahead. I don't care. (laughs) could care less. I will not live my life in fear. I will not live my life less than who I am here to be. And nobody, nobody is going to shut my mouth.
0: So what do you tell people that want to live more fearlessly? Where do, where do they access that confidence to move through that fear that you seem to have worked through quite a bit of in your life already?
2: Well, the first thing is you have to love yourself. You don't always have to like yourself. I have days where I don't like myself. In fact... To about two hours ago, I had a little period where I wasn't liking myself very much. Mm-hmm. And that was okay. And I celebrated it and I got on with it. I have my moments I'm human, like everybody else. But I love myself. I love myself and I am in love with myself. You know, and some people are going to go, who does he think he is? And he is so <laughs> swelled up. And what does he think he is? What does he think he is? God, gift to the earth? Yes, I do. And I think you are too. And you should probably get out of your own way so we can see what it is. But First, you've got to love yourself. And then you've got to decide there are worse things than death. What are they going to do? Do I have fears? Yeah, I have fears. I have, you know, my fears are, are, are pretty, at this point, there's only one or two fears left. I would, if, if I knew that I was starting to lose my, my mental abilities, if I was in the early stages of dementia or Alzheimer's, I'd take my own life. And I fully support anybody that makes that choice. If you know that what lies before you is to lose more and more of your mind and to become more and more of a vegetable, take me out and shoot me. I'll buy you the gun. I'll pay you for the bullets and I'll leave <laughs> enough money on, on uh, you know, I'll give you a gift certificate on the way out to door to have dinner at a nice restaurant. <laughs> Go to my funeral, celebrate my life, take two or three days, buy good champagne or I'll come back and haunt you <laughs> and get it over with. I'll be back. I'll be back in a different name. I'll be back living a different life with a different body. But you can't kill my soul. If you can't kill my soul, you have no power over me. So, you know, not being able to live life, that's a fear. That's that's one of my fears. I've looked straight in the face, and I found a solution. And when you find a solution for fears, they lose their power. Because I, I'm not somebody – I mean, I did a death and dying series that was a nine-part series. and And it was about everything from assisted suicide and suicide to murder to death of a relationship to death of a person – Um, I had two other people, actually the woman I'm staying with, Olivia Stefanino, um, uh, who wrote the book Be Your Own Guru, somebody you should think about interviewing, actually. She was one of my co-hosts for it, and Mary Grace McManus wrote a book, uh, Journey to Birth Cheyenne, which was about all the dialogue she had with her child in the womb, and how they played out in life afterwards. Two fascinating women. But we talked about death, and and when you don't fear death, well, what other fears are there? Am I fearing I'm going to starve to death? Well, you haven't seen me lately. I've got a few months of storage. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, though it's getting less. I've, I've lost a stone since I've been here, which is good. Um, and uh, what are you, you going to do to me? If the, if the biggest threat you can give is kill me, give it your best shot. But my vision is that there'll be heaven on earth. And I'm going to do my best to get there. My, my, and my vision. And my mission is basically that every day I get up and say, how am I going to leave the world a better place? That I found it today and that might be something I post on my Pinterest a quote I put out a picture I share it might be a kind word I started my day this morning with having a cup of coffee with the ho- with the horse that's in the paddock right across from the door of the house I'm staying in and I gave him an apple and me a cup of coffee and I started my day and I think I started out just like I like to making the world a better place I made it the world a better place for that horse and that counts
0: Yes, it does. I want to back up just a little bit. So I'm with you on the fear of dying thing. I don't have a big fear of dying or how I'm going to die. I don't spend much energy on that at all. It's going to happen. And I, like you, believe that I'm going to be back and I've been here before and all of that. So the eternal soul. But the first thing you touched on, self-love, kind of takes us full circle in the conversation we've had because living through the American culture and all of the programming and all of the deprogramming, can kill self-love because at the end of it you feel so ashamed of who you are not being who fits in to make the grades to make the things that we are so pushed or at least i was so pushed to become i i had no self-esteem by the time i found myself deep in the american dream and was miserable and and didn't know why so rebuilding that self-love can be its own journey and how do you help people do that what is your advice to people on that
2: well, the first thing is rubbish. <laughs> Nothing can kill your self-love. It can put it in the freezer. It can separate you from it. But I will guarantee you it never truly dies. So all you have to do is resurrect it. So that's the first thing. If every person started out by going in there somewhere, there was a moment when I was a small child where I loved myself so much I couldn't stand it. And I will get back there. So don't ever let you anybody ever think, that it got killed because when we talk about something as being killed, it's dead, and then whatever replaces it is never is good. I also don't believe that anyone should ever get that, that anyone ever gets fixed because fixed means you were broken. You get misshapen, but the lovely thing about a soul is is no matter what you do with it, you can pop it back into shape and never forget that healing. To heal is only to make whole. So as you push more energy and more knowledge and more love and more self-awareness into somebody. You pop them out and they pop those dents back out and you become bigger and brighter and more lovable and more loving than before. Now, it's still a journey and I'm not trying to dodge your question, but you've got to make sure you've got the right steps at the beginning of it. And that's to say, okay, somebody hid myself love from me. Somebody blocked me away from it. Somebody who hated themselves so much that they couldn't stand the fact that I loved myself decided to get between me and it. Well, guess what? It's time to evict them, exercise them, get them the hell out the door. And to understand, it never really completely went away. Does that make sense?
0: To the point that I'm over here with tears in my eyes and a huge smile on my face. Wow. I hope everybody plays that over and over again that was moved by that segment because, wow, yeah, we're over here teary-eyed. I think you got through.
2: <laughs> you know, so it really is all about when we put ourselves out there and we start this journey to be very clear-eyed what the journey is. You know, and I have this thing. I have a book, one of my books out is called "Coming the Mirror and Other Steps in Your Spiritual Path. And you can find it on my website or Amazon or I think there's still some bookstores that are carrying it. I, I came out in like 98 so it goes on and off the shelf. But anyways, combing the mirror. In it, I talk about the fact that, first of all, we have uh, a term that I borrowed um, from my former business partner, Dar Jane, uh, called ELF, which is essential life force. And I think she got it from somebody else, and I can't tell you who she got it from. So I'm putting it out there. It's not a Dr. Kevin original. But ELF is essential life force. It's our connection to the collective unconsciousness, to spirit, god, goddess, Ale, Buddha, Great spirit, great pumpkin. I don't care what you call it. Um, and then we have ego, which is our unique face of God. And one of the places where we have been completely bushwhacked is by having all these people, especially in the spiritual community, and I want to slap them all upside the head. Might not make them feel better, but it make me feel fabulous. Um, it says, oh, that's all ego. It's all ego. Get rid of your ego. Get rid of your ego. Oh, shut up. Right. Your ego is your unique self of your divine being. It's your unique face. It's who you are. What you want to get rid of is your ego constructs, the incorrect belief systems that were put into it, the incorrect programming that was put in your brain that now has to be reprogrammed with the truth. And some of them are so subtle. I mean, when I work with people sometimes, I'll say, oh, so you believe this? They go, I would never believe that. I never said, I never said I believe that. I said, no. Well, this tells me, and this tells me, and this tells me that that's what you believe, or you wouldn't be leading your life that way. And they go, oh shit. <laughs> Maybe I do. I didn't know I did. Those are the most insidious ones. Yeah. The ones that are so old and so deep. I have this thing that I do where I do a, I do a day. A, a, it's either a, it's a day plus or. It can go up to a four day plus. Um, uh, Usually most people don't have the tolerance to actually be with me for a whole week. (laughs) Um, And it starts first thing in the morning and it goes until they pass out at night. So it might start six, seven in the morning, go to 10, 11, 12. I've had them go to one in the morning, nonstop. And, you know, and I I tell people it's like putting a popcorn popper, a hot air popcorn popper in the middle of a table, filling it taking the lid off, plugging it in. And then as each pop pops with no lid, we grab it and we look at it. And some, you know, and sometimes I have to come back to that same kernel of corn in a day or two days or three days, five times before they can finally get it in their head. Yeah. There's a part of me that's believed that for so long. I didn't even know it was a belief system. And so ego constructs are about the belief systems or BS that you were given that was incorrect.
0: And that's such innate programming that it's been in there forever, and you're right. We don't realize we believe it.
2: Well, and this is where the psychic comes in. This is where the psychic comes in. Um, And I'm going to go back to labels for a second because labels versus identifiers is... Because for years, people have had a hard time describing who I am and what I do. And I actually just... And I'll, I'll send you one if you want to see it after, after we're off, off air. But um, I actually created a new market piece. And I came to this realization in the last couple of weeks. And I, I, I could, I'd like to share it with you, if I may. Please. I'm tired of coming out of the closet. I've spent my whole life coming out of the closet. And most of us do in one way or the other. Sometimes they're big closets. Sometimes they're small closets. But it's like we're always coming out of the closet because we have gotten fed, especially since media has taken over our world in the last 60 years, we've all been fed a set of mostly incorrect assumptions about each other. And we function with everybody based on those assumptions. And so for somebody to be out there and proud and be a true, my world is led by my psychic intuitive abilities, is not what most people assume when they meet somebody. That's not the assumption. The assumption is that, you know, if anything, if anything in that area, the assumption is, oh, they might have a good gut feeling. They might have mother's intuition. You know, oh, well, you know, they just, they just played it by their gut. But you, we don't get into the scary words now. Don't, don't do anything that might have to rock the boat <laughs> of what I was taught in first grade. And so we all have all of these closets that we're constantly coming out of. And people would try to get because, you know, I'm an ADD poster child. I have a huge tool belt. I spent 12 years in the corporate world. All my all my early years of my adult life was of my early years from like 15, 16, 17 on. I had already started working at a bank and then you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go into the, to the, to the gory details, but, you know, spent a good solid 12 years in management and troubleshooting and training and my early degrees were all in business because I was, that was me being, quote unquote, normal for my mother. <laughs> um, with the, the things we do for our parents. <laughs> um, but, you know, so people would be like, okay, well, you have all this brilliant business stuff, so you can't talk about the psychic. Well, and then you have all of the psychic stuff, but you can't talk about the business. When I first got back into the spiritual world, and I've had my own business for 25 years. I was treated like the Antichrist because I would talk about business and spirituality in the same, in the same breath, like that somehow I would committed a sin. <laughs> it is rare. Yeah. So I came up with a marketing, after doing all of this stuff about I'm tired of coming out of the closet and I'm gay. And so there's another closet because <laughs> people are always going to meet me and assume I'm straight. Their first reference is, uh, you know, it's getting a little better, but the first reference is going to be, do I have a wife? Am I going to bring a girlfriend? And so when I just very, like, uh, you know, when I knock off, I tell people, you know, like I've told people over here in in England, I was like, oh, you know, blah, 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 boyfriend. And just it's just part of the conversation. Right. And, and, you know, and some people raise their eyebrows and some people shift in their seats and some people you can see them remaking it. And some people get stiff and uncomfortable. And it's like, I don't really give a shit. So I created a, a piece to identify that I'm putting out on all my social media that everybody gets from this moment on. If they think that they want to work with me or do or stuff like this. And all it is, and and the whole top part is just identifiers, things I've been called, things I've been identified by, things like that. And do do you care if I share this list? No, please do. So it just has my name. And then there's also some other stuff at the bottom. But like I said, I'll send you one if you want to see it. But so it says innovator, dynamic problem solver, radio show host, business consultant, psychic, psychic sledgehammer. Tribal, tribal healer, actor, Reiki master, model, best-selling author, teacher, dancer, gay, medical intuitive, ADD poster child, CEO mentor, synergetic catalyst, reverend, passionate instigator, poet of the year, keynote speaker, songwriter, spiritual coach and counselor, ADD HD field expert, Wei teacher and healer, passionate instigator. I don't know if I said that one. Oh, medical intuitive and actor.
0: I love the diversity.
2: Well, you know, and professional marketing people are like, "This is suicide, you can't do this." <laughs> and I said, and and so I was at a networking event yesterday, and I had like I did a trial run of just seeing what people's response were, and I had like seven or eight with me, which I ran out of um, because I told people that only if they were really interested when I give them one, I was going to waste it on people that, so they, you know so that they could feel good that they asked me for my flyer. <laughs> And they and but I have people say, what's the purpose of this? And I said, to offend 95% of the people that read it. What is
0: the gain from that?
2: That the 5% that have the courage, the time, the energy, and the willingness to work with me will move to the front of the line.
0: That's perfect.
2: Why do I care about that? I don't care how lucrative the contract is. And I've turned, that, I've turned down some lucrative contracts. I'm not going to work with a business that doesn't get it that my psychic is part of my gift. I'm not going to work with the individual that thinks that I'm going to stop and only work in a certain area of their life or that my that I'm not going to mess around in their relationships, their romantic relationships, their personal relationships, their relationships with God. People have said to me before, you know, are you going to give me God? And I go, no, it's not my job to give you God. I may help you have a better relationship with the God you have. And if the god you have doesn't work for you, well, fire them and find a new one. There's plenty <laughs> out there. and They all work converts. But this gets rid of the game players, the people who aren't ready, the people who have to be safely in a little box, you know, and so it's all there. And I've had stuff questioned. People are like, well, why, do, why would you put actor on it? I said, well, why would I not? I've been an actor. Yeah. You know? Well, do you think it's important that you're gay? And I said, well... But some people might have an issue with it. And other people may think, hey, that's the perfect person to work with me.
0: Right. It's about connection, right? You've given them all these platforms in which to connect. And it's about connection. So that's perfect.
2: And it's about authenticity and honesty. And what I've said to people now, and that's what it says here, is the people that want to work with me are people who want custom fit lives. If you want a life that comes off the rack, like a suit at Men's Warehouse, go for it. But if you want a custom fit life that was tailored to you, that uses all of your gifts, all of your talents, all of who you're here to be, if that's what you want, then you want a custom fit life and you don't want it off the rack.
0: I would almost go so far as to say that if we're alive right now in the time of this huge shift on our planet, we are here to integrate all of the aspects of ourself. We are here to live custom lives because that's what I hear the most in the circles of awakening in which I am is how do I integrate this self, this spiritual self with my business self that goes in from nine to five? How do I integrate the masculine, and the feminine? How do I integrate? How do I integrate? And at the top of your card, it must say integration expert, because that's exactly what you're talking about is how to integrate all of the identifiers and all of the aspects of our self into one holistic, authentic being.
2: Well, and you know, Part of it is, and I have this workshop that I've developed that uh, I call, talk about integration. And this is some of what I teach people when they work with me. I have a workshop that I call, that's called Everything You Need to Know About Life You Can Learn Through a Broadway Musical. And Sounds fun. Um, I love Broadway musicals. I've taken songs from the 20s all the way up to current musicals that are on Broadway right now and showed how each one of them was trying to teach us something. And the reason I brought that up was when you were talking about, um, you know, in this time period and things like this. And all I can think of is this great line out of a song that came from the musical name, which, you know, Life's a Banquet. And the problem, my dear Patrick, is most son of a bitches are starving themselves to death.
0: <laughs> I love that line.
2: <laughs> but. Um, you know, there back in the '60s, you you had Jerry Herman writing songs that says, "Open a new window, open a new door, travel a new byway, travel a new highway, go where no one has gone before." I mean, like these these songs are like spiritual gems. Yes. And people pass them off, and I, you know, and so that's what we should all be doing. We need to be integrating everything. Everything that you have And I'm looking at your picture on the screen Because I know we're not doing video Because it interrupts the quality of the audio (laughs) But I'm looking in those eyes of yours And I can tell you And you can feel me looking at you I can tell you right now There is nothing No natural gift or talent that you were born with That was meant to not get used None
0: I hope every being listening to this Feels the eyes looking at them to. That's all of our truth. That is the universal truth we came to fully express.
2: Yeah, and I, frankly, I won't waste my time. I won't work with people who don't want to have every part of themselves up and running. That don't want to have it all there. The person who says, "Oh well, you know, I, I love flowers, but you know, what can I do with that?" Oh, do you want the list? Sit down. You know, <laughs> pop a bottle of champagne. We're gonna be here for a few hours. You know? I love it when people say to me, I talk about being creative. Well what do you you know, well, so what do you do that's creative? It's like there's nothing I don't do that's not creative. Right. A real creative, when I cook, it's always got the 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 the, the, the Kevin fingerprints. If I knit or crochet, yes, and I do knit and I do crochet and I have quilted and I, yes, you name it. If I haven't done it, it's because I haven't got to it yet. <laughs> but nothing walks out that doesn't have my fingerprints in it because I was not made, made, I was not put here to simply replicate what somebody else thinks the perfect vase or the perfect spaghetti sauce or the perfect sweater or scarf or song should be. And neither were you.
0: There is such an empowerment behind your words and your tone and everything about who you are, that passion for living authentically and the expression of that. It's it's infected into everyone you connect with. So I can see why you have all of the identifiers that you have. And it's such an honor to spend some time with you on the show today. Thank you so much for Sharing the way that you do. I know that we're about to run out of time for this visit anyway, so I just want to ask you for anyone who finds this and has felt your words, any other thoughts you have to share with us?
2: For every percentage point that you are not being you, authentically you, is the exact same percentage point you are cheating the world. Of the gift you came here to be.
0: That's beautiful. How can we get in touch with you if we feel really guided to work with you? What does that look like?
2: Well, um, again, my Dr. Kevin M Y D R K E V I N. It's my website. It's my Facebook fan page. Come like me on my Facebook fan page. I love my fans, and I put out stuff all the time. Quotes, stuff like this. A YouTube channel. I put out lots of stuff there. I, I put a lot of stuff into the universe so people can, if they choose something without even having to work with me. Um, if people actually want to contact me, it's drkevin, D-R-K-E-V-I-N, at mydrkevin.com. They can contact me there. Um, and if they really feel like they're drawn to want me to help them with their life, their business, their relationship, launch their passion and turn it into prosperity, because I think that everybody should be getting paid for their passion. I think everybody should be getting paid like I do for just being me. That's what I think. And I think that we're creating a world where so much of the menial, I'm going to say it, menial things can be done, can be automated. It's an invitation for us to step up, step out. Like I remind all my ADD kids, you were not born to fit in. You were born to stand out. Dr. Kevin at mydrkevin.com. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to having you on my show. Um, And uh, let me know if you ever want me to stop by for another cup of tea.
0: Thank you. Absolutely. It's been such a pleasure. And I hope that everyone listening feels as empowered to be authentically themselves as I do now after visiting with you. Thank you so much, Dr. Kevin.
2: Oh, well, thank you for having me.
0: Would you like to be a guest on a future episode of Exploring Possibilities? Drop me a note, info at journeyofpossibilities.com. Until next time, I'm Cheryl Sitz inviting you to joyful, awakened, authentic living naturally.